I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. We got the announcement this week. Uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced she's running for re-election. Uh, of course, she's claiming more needs to be done to save the country. Uh, the question is, how long is too long? Can someone else do the job? And are our politicians irreplaceable? Uh, I think that's a dangerous thing when we start to look at it in in those terms. Now, just the the details on Nancy Pelosi. She's 81 years old. She represents California's 12th congressional district, one of the most liberal, uh, blue-leaning districts in the country. Uh, she was first elected to office in 1987 in a special election. She's been there for 35-plus years. And, of course, she was the first woman elected Speaker of the House in 2007. She served as Speaker from... Uh, two two stints, first from 2007 to 2011, and then, of course, the Republicans retook the majority. She came back in 2019 when Democrats took the House back, and she continues in that role today. She uh, has uh, pledged in the past that she would not run to be Speaker of the House again after this term. That seems to be in question. Uh, that's been a, a couple of things around. Uh, and so I want you to listen uh, for a second to uh, just a little clip. This is from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's announcement, her video announcement, that she would indeed be running for re-election. While we've made progress, much more needs to be done to improve people's lives. Our democracy is at risk because of assaults on the truth, the assault on the U.S. Capitol, and the state-by-state assault on voting rights. This election is crucial. Nothing less is at stake than our democracy. But as we say, we don't agonize, we organize. And that is why I am running for re-election to Congress and respectfully seek your support. All right. So I get the first part. We've made progress. More needs to be done. Over 35 years, you hope uh, progress continues to be made. Uh, the point that I struggle with is when she went down the path of, okay, I really, I'd like to go home. Uh, but this election is crucial. Democracy, democracy itself is at stake. Uh, suggesting that if somehow she is not in the House chamber, uh, the republic is going to fall. And we've seen this not just from Nancy Pelosi. We've seen this from Republicans and Democrats alike, uh, many who are justifying staying for just one more term or just a few more years. Uh, We also noted earlier this year uh, that Chuck Grassley, who is 88 years old, uh, who first served in the House in 1975, 
uh, and then uh, moved over to the Senate in 1981. And uh, he announced that he was running for re-election. Uh, again, this was a couple of months ago. And he did it in a, in a typically Chuck Grassley kind of way. Uh, again, he's remember, he's 88 years old. He sent out a tweet. His tweet said, it's 4 a.m. in Iowa, so I'm running. I do that six days a week. Before I start the day, I want you to know that Barbara and I have decided I'm running for re-election. A lot more to do for Iowa. We ask and we'll work for your support. So that's from Chuck Grassley. And uh, again, uh, he really does get out and run every morning at 4 a.m. So that's pretty impressive. I think he's uh, demonstrating that he is fit and uh, ready to go. But you have to start asking all the questions of why is it that we feel like we need to have members serve for so long? Uh, are they re- are they irreplaceable? This is the part that really baffles me, that the American people have bought into this mantra that somehow some members of Congress are just irreplaceable. If they're not there, the country's going to fall apart. And that's amazing to me. The statistic continues to play out that while Congress itself, Congress itself has an approval rating of about 9%. Think about that. A 9% approval rating for Congress, and yet... Every election cycle, we re-elect the incumbent 94% of the time. So while we complain, while we clearly don't have a good view of what Congress is doing, their favorability is 9%, but yet we send 94% of them back somehow thinking things will be different? Or have we just been so convinced that at least our member of Congress is absolutely irreplaceable? They have to go back. That's just not the way it's supposed to be. And we can talk about term limits and all of those kinds of challenges uh, and what that would really look like. But what we're really calling for is leadership. That's the, that's the answer. Real leaders understand that they get to serve for a season. And during that season, you work like crazy. You do everything you possibly can. You serve the people. You leave a legacy. And then you move on. You go on to another season back at home back in the private sector, back in your own community. Uh, George Washington was one of those extraordinary leaders. Uh, Think about this. Uh, Following the Revolutionary War, he had had access to absolute power. He could have been. And scores of Americans actually wanted him to be the king. And he was often declared the indispensable, the irreplaceable. Sadly, you know, most men and women who hear that kind of accolades of indispensability, they listen And then they hear this choir of angels, you know, that they really are indispensable, irreplaceable. They begin to believe it. They act on it. But Washington knew better, and he rejected it. He rejected the throne of irreplaceability while setting a standard for the kind of servant servant leadership we really need today. And I've seen this fallacy of the irreplaceable in so many different areas. I saw it as a business consultant. Uh, I remember hearing executives say, oh, you know, Mary is irreplaceable or Steve is just absolutely indispensable. And usually I knew there was a problem. Uh, I would respond to those kinds of statements and I would ask, well, tell me then, what would happen if Mary quit tomorrow or if Steve tragically got hit by a bus on the way home? And when I would ask that question, I'd get these very nervous laughs or very long moments of silence as the executive realized the fallacy the risk, the irresponsibility of allowing someone to be so incredibly irreplaceable. And that's not to say that some people are harder to replace than others. Everybody has a place, absolutely. And some people just do extraordinarily well. 
But if we believe they're irreplaceable, that stunts everything. And so for all the calls of drain the swamp, Democrats have used that as a motto. Republicans have used that as a motto. Throw all the bums out. Uh, We just keep sending the same folks back. Uh, To this day, my most favorite place in our nation's capital uh, is in the rotunda. Uh, And I think one of the most important leadership moments in our nation's history took place on December 23rd of 1783. It's a day worth noting and remembering, studying Because it was on that day that the ultimate act of servant leadership, General George Washington, resigned his commission before the Continental Congress. It's really one of the few instances in history that the commander of the conquering forces did not assume complete authority, control, and power. Instead, he returned it to the citizens and to their representatives. And so for all this talk of many of these members of Congress who have been there for so, so long, and now they say they have to stay, democracy depends on them being there, I think as citizens, as voters, we have to reject that. That is not the way the founders envisioned it. Let's have leaders go serve for a season and then get back home in their own communities and make a difference there. That's the key to keeping the republic rolling on. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for listening to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We're going to step aside for top of the hour news, jam packed hour number two coming up next. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Live breaking news now on the mobile app for KSL News Radio. Sponsored by Any Hour Services. Listen at home or anywhere you go. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. This is Utah's news station. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.